Your Partner in Success Radio is a free business podcast with host Denise Griffiths. It's all about great stories, conversation, and context to help you move your business and life forward with actionable tips and advice from her guest experts. To listen and subscribe, just find us on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you consume your podcasts. Welcome to Your Partner in Success Radio. I'm your host, Denise Griffiths, and this podcast is ranked in the top 2% of the most popular podcasts globally. And honestly, it's all because of my incredible guests. I am honored and blessed to share time with people who are at the top of their game, and they are willing to help you get to where you want to be in life and in business. Now, these are not people who hold back. Their goal is to share with us the essence of peak performance, and today is a whopper of peak performance. I get to welcome to the show Vash Tamonic, I think I said that right, who joins us from Prague. I asked him in the in the virtual room, and I might have still butchered it, but I'll have him correct me in just a bit. But he is here to share his truly fascinating entrepreneurial journey. Now, Vash is a 25-year-old serial entrepreneur who has built three, count them, three successful seven-figure businesses. And with his latest venture, Mindpreneur, by the way, Vash, I love that URL. I wish I'd thought of it. He is on a mission to help one million entrepreneurs transform their businesses and live more fulfilled and joyous lives by mastering their mindset. And he has a tremendous life story at 25. Vash, welcome to your partner in Success Radio. It is so good to have you here. And thank you for joining us from Prague. You are an internet, mm-hmm. truly an international guest. <laughs> thank you very much, Denise, for having me. And I'm super excited for this conversation. This is my last call of the day because in Prague, we have currently 5 p.m. I'm sorry, say that again. And you have what? 5 p.m. now, so this is the last goal of the day. (laughs) Oh, so you're ending your day with us. Thank you. Yes. Listen, (laughs) tell us a bit about you because you you started, I think, with Uber Eats, if I'm not not totally mistaken. You started (laughs) delivering food, and now you've got these these huge successes under your belt. So I am going to let you run with it. Just tell people who you are what you're doing, and how you got where you are now, if you don't mind. Yes, yes, of course. So my story goes back, we can say three years back, when I was 22 years old. I was studying at college, uh, and I was delivering food for Uber Eats. So every day, seven days a week, I would sit on my bike, not even a car. I didn't have a car back then. I would sit on uh, on my bike. And I would deliver food for a few hours to just earn for rent, earn for my living. And I had this dream, Denise, of starting my own online business, having my own online business, travel the world. And for me, the first milestone that I thought would totally change everything for me was $10,000 a month. If I was able to do that, I, I knew that I would achieve everything I wanted back then. And this was the dream I had in mind, but I was procrastinating on the actions that would actually allow me to grow the business. I had a lot of fears, like fear of what other people will think of me or what if I fail? What if it doesn't work? And as a result, I wasn't moving towards the goals or the dream with as as much passion as I could. And I didn't even know what business to start, to be honest, because I thought to have a business, I had to have these, this big innovative and idea like starting the next Tesla or next Apple. And of course, I didn't have the idea nor the capital to do that. But then I discovered through, through one of my friends uh, how to start online marketing agency because at college I was studying marketing. So it was falling nicely together because to start a marketing agency, I didn't need much capital, if any, and I already had some expertise with that. So what happened is I set a goal of traveling the world, making my, the dream income I had in my mind. But what happened is I started to go uh, out and start cold calling businesses. So I would cold call businesses if they need marketing. And I would go no after no after no. And it was painful because 
the dream I had seemed so, so far away. So what happened next is I remember the day vividly. I, I was just feeling so discouraged after a day of getting no after no after no. That I went to the nearby park and I was just crying because, as I said, it seems like there's such a big gap between where I'm now and where I want to be. And that day I knew something needs to change. I knew that it cannot go anymore like that. And so I started investing more money into courses, into books, watching endlessly YouTube videos, looking for some secret sauce or secret tactic that will get me closer to the dream I have in my mind. But again, it almost nothing seemed to help until one day I met back then it became my coach. Now it's my business partner as well. Uh, his name is John. And he told me, Vash, your problem is not that you don't have the tactics to grow the business. You have the skills, but until you overcome my procrastination, my fears, my doubts, my limiting beliefs, nothing is Imposter going to change syndrome. in my life. Exactly. It sounds like you're describing the imposter syndrome. We, <laughs> I'm sorry, I should have shut this off. We all have it. I suffer from it. And I'm shocked mm. that I suffer from mm. it. But yeah, you had a bad case. Yes, exactly, Denise. And as a result, he told me that. And it hit me hard because I didn't expect that. I always thought it just, you know, I just need a better email script or better cold calling script, right? And then will resolve the situation but he told me this and he gave me plan of action and i finally committed because i finally kind of understood what is standing in my way and what i decided to commit is that every day i would record 10 videos to potential customers so instead of cold calling i would sit down and record 10 personalized videos to potential customers that was first activity Second one was I would study sales for at least one hour every day. So if potential client says yes to the meeting, I know how to basically sell them my service. And lastly, that we can then later on speak about the benefits, but I would visualize the goal. I would visualize like sports people now visualize the match. They visualize the perfect, uh, perfect match. I visualize the perfect sales goal. I visualized uh, that my goal is already a reality. And what happened is I did this for 63 days. So I sent 630 personalized videos. And what happened, Denise? Nothing. <laughs> Basically, no. I, I booked zero calls. I got <sighs> zero clients and zero basically money for me. But that was what was on paper. But deep down, I knew that with every video, I'm getting better. I knew that with every hour I study sales, I'm getting better. And I just knew deep down that at this point, the vast majority of people are going to give up because they don't see the results. So this is the point where people, most people are going to give up. But I knew that not me. This is my separation time. And this is where I believe my time is coming. And what happened next is in the next 27 days, I actually signed, I believe, five or six clients and I hit $10,000 a month exactly the day when I graduated. So when I was graduating college, I was already having what for my standards back then was successful business that allowed me to achieve my dreams. It's amazing that you didn't give up, Vash. So many people do. Mm. I, and I see it. Yeah. Listen, I've, I'm a web developer. I have a digital agency. I know what you're talking about, marketing, sales. Mm. You have to do all of it. And yeah. the thing is, and I see this a lot, not necessarily with my own clients, but I'll see it all over the Internet. Well, you know, I did this for 24 days and it didn't work. Now what? Well, <laughs> yeah. keep going. Why? Yeah. I don't understand mentally why people give you know here's it i'm going to start this and here's my end date and after that to hell with it do you see that a lot oh Denise, now now kind of uh now i coach over 1000 entrepreneurs helping them with similar journey i had 
Um, and basically, this is a big one because people, most people don't know what they want. That's the first problem, right? But some people already know what they want. Maybe they want to grow their business. They want to lose weight. They want to have better relationship, whatever it is for them. But they have a goal but they don't have a strong reason why they want it. And that's, to me, what separates the needs, the people who get it and the people who give up. Because I always give the example, if, for example, a life of somebody I love depends on me doing it as long as necessary, I will never give up. If I knew that somebody I love is going to get hurt because I give up, I will never give up. But most people set a goal and it's almost like it would be cool if I achieve it, but it's almost not that important. It's like New Year's resolutions, right? People get all excited, but there is no reason why they really want to stick to it. So two weeks later, they give up. So big thing that is helping the people I coach is basically helping them discover why is it critical for them to achieve how their life is going to look like in a better way if they do achieve it. And on the other hand, what is going to be the consequences if they give up? If and they as don't. a result, right. yes, yes. It's almost like this engine, engine towards their vision because the I tell people that obstacles to your goals are inevitable. You are going to encounter obstacles to any goal. But if you have a strong reason why, you will find a way, you will go under, you will go over, you will go around it, you will go through, you will just find a way. But if you're reasonable, blow it up. On it, yep. it's I've just always said, just do very what you weak. do, blow it up. Yeah. <laughs> yes, so true. But and when your reason why is weak, when it's very, I just want to impress others, or as I said, it will look cool on social media, then the obstacle arises and you just give up because, you know, there's no point, there is no engine, no motivation behind it. So that's how I see it. And I love what you said earlier about mindset and imagining. Listen, we are what we think. There is no question in my mind. We Mm. are what we think. I mean, just as a quick, silly kind of example, if you're wandering around thinking, oh, I've got a headache. Well, guess what? You just gave yourself a headache. (laughs) You really did. All of a sudden, you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I do. Now what? (laughs) But what you said earlier, too, about goals, we are our own biggest obstacles, in my opinion. We get in our Mm. ways so much, so often, all day long. And if you're using your mindset, if you're really working with your mindset and saying, okay, this is not what I envision. This is where I'm supposed to be. You can about face very quickly and say, okay, that was just a silly it was a bad moment, but I'm over it now. I'm back on track. Mm, big one. Big one. And and I like to say because when somebody says mindset, it's almost very broad topic or people don't even know what what to see behind it or what it really means. But to me, to really simplify it for for the listeners, it's that it's exactly what the word says, what your mind is set on. Is it set on opportunities in your life or is it set on what is wrong in your life? Is it set on, you know, the abundance that exists in the world or on the scarcity, the lack of in life? Is it set on how you can do it or is it set on why you can't do it? So almost like Really, this is how I simplified for people that if you change your mindset from focusing on what's wrong in your life compared to what is amazing in your life, what you're grateful for in your life, it's day and night. Because if I all day focus on what's wrong in my life, I'm going to feel feel accordingly. I'm not going to feel good. And if I don't feel good, I'm not going to make great decisions. On the other hand, if I focus what I'm grateful for in my life, all of a sudden, I will start feeling better. And when I feel good, I will make better decisions. I will very likely take better action. And of course, I will be a better person to hang out with. Exactly. And, you know, I was listening. Scarcity is not something that I am willing to dwell on ever in my mm. own life or mm. for anybody else. I was listening to a, um, on Facebook, I was listening to a very funny comedian. And he had gone, you know, he's, spent some time in what he calls third world countries and they, you know, they're talking about food scarcity. 
He said, listen, you hear people talking about food scarcity here in the United States. And stop and think about this. And I'm paraphrasing. He said, we have so much food. We eat so much food. We you know, throw away so much food that we have food allergies now that nobody else has. That mm. makes sense to me. I mean, but going back to your mindset, who's in charge of your mind? You are. <laughs> and I don't think people really pay much attention to what they're thinking and how they're thinking mm. it and where it's landing them. Mm. That that's a big point, Denise. And almost how I view it is how to say it correctly. It's almost like waking up, not just from sleep, but even in this reality in a way, because uh we tend to go on autopilot a lot. You know, you just do things the way you used to do it. You always wake up on the same side of the bed, you do the same morning routine you've always done. Then you jump in your car and drive the same way to work, you know, and you just, the body starts doing these things on autopilot. And when you're on autopilot, as you said, you cannot control your thoughts or you are even not aware that constantly in your head, you're thinking like, I'm not good enough. This is not going to work. My love, my life sucks, whatever it is. But the moment when people start bringing more awareness into their life, Maybe they notice, they start noticing the thoughts they are having and the thoughts they are not serving them. And in that moment, they can start changing them. In that moment, they can stop the voice in the head saying, you're not good enough. And they can change it. So the voice starts saying, I believe in you. You can do this. You deserve the best. And that's a big point you've just mentioned. That really taking charge of the voice in your head. And it can happen, as you just said, on a dime. Literally, mm -hmm. you can say, hey, I do this a lot. I'll catch myself. <laughs> I don't know if you do this. You probably don't. You seem <laughs> a lot more aware than I am. But I will catch myself saying really ugly things to myself. We all do it. We all talk ugly to myself. Yeah. And I became aware a long time ago that if anybody, anybody spoke to me let's say in a Walmart parking lot, the way I speak to myself, I would need bail money. Somebody knows <laughs> would be bloody and it wouldn't be mine. Uh -huh. So uh -huh. I have to stop, even though I am aware of it, and say, whoa, 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 Denise, sit down. We're going to have a talk. And I have to change my mind, go back to my vision, and say, this is unacceptable. Knock it mm. off. Okay, so now what am mm. I going to replace it? I do this multiple times a day, by the way, yes. but I'm aware of it. And I think that's very yes. helpful. Yeah, exactly. It's a constant, never-ending practice, as you said, because if we really made the voice in our head a person, then to most people, I would say that's your worst enemy because... The person would consistently shout at you, you're not good enough, you don't deserve this, why even try, right? That would be your worst enemy. But I tell people that it's just a habit. It's just a habitual thinking. And anything that is habitual can be break, broken. You can actually bro break the habit of this way of thinking and how you do it. You need repetition. It means at the beginning catching yourself even 50 times a day, just going on this negative spiral or this negative self-talk and really catching yourself and almost correcting it, installing more positive thoughts, more exactly. encouraging thoughts. And with practice, that will be the second nature. That will be the your second nature. And you can start basically, instead of having your worst enemy in your head, you can start having your best friend there. And that's as it should be. It it really mm -hmm. is. And I don't know about you, but I will often, you know, I'll pass a mirror and go, ah, what the heck happened to your hair? I live mm -hmm. in the deep south. It's very humid here. I have big curly hair. I look like Hagrid some days. It is what it is. So I just laugh. <laughs> I I grab mm -hmm. it. I pin it up. I tie it down. I staple it down, whatever. Get it off of my face. You know, But... <laughs> but Insta and I just now I laugh at myself instead of saying, "Oh my God, what happened to you?" Mm. My hair. I like my hair. I live <laughs> with it, but it took some doing to get to that point, which is silly. It's just hair. But these are the 
this type of minutia is what has us going, yeah. okay, now I have a headache. Now my stomach hurts. <laughs> and I wanted to ask you, when, when you catch yourself really getting nasty with yourself and <laughs> saying, oh, you know, you're stupid or you're ugly or whatever it is that we say to ourselves, do you find that there's a physical component to that? If I do that, my stomach hurts instantly. Hundred percent. Like the bod mind body connection is right. just yeah, it's undeniable. And I know that even people's facial expressions or how they look is affected by it. I know when a person is thinking I'm ugly, I'm ugly, almost their whole face really looks ugly in a way, honestly. But if on the other hand they had a great day, they'll feel happy, almost they radiate it and we can feel it. We can feel it. We know if a person that walks into a room is angry, we feel it. We don't need to speak to them. We just feel almost this energy, their facial expressions compared to a person who walks into a room and we immediately feel like positive energy from them. We are almost drawn to speak to them. And so I develop this three-step process that I'm using, Denise, and the listeners can take that, is that first, uh, I need awareness. So I almost need to become aware that I'm speaking this way to myself, that I'm not good enough, I'm ugly, whatever it is. So I first become aware, almost like, oh, what's going on here? So awareness. Step two, I want to interrupt it. Because it's almost like the more we feed it, the bigger it gets. So if I start thinking, let's say, what if this client leaves me? And I start thinking about it for five, ten minutes, it almost spirals into this big problem where I start thinking, what if I lose my whole business? Even though it's so irrational, but because we put so much energy behind this small thought, it got bigger and bigger. That's why I tell people step two is interrupted when it's small. So when I start kind of thinking about I'm not good enough, I will do something like I might kind of stop and clap my hands and say stop or change just to kind of like stop it. And I can then decide to do step number three, which is elevate. And in that moment, I say a thought that is direct opposite or something that is more encouraging. So let's just say I catch myself, I'm ugly. I would clap my hand, sense change. And I said, I'm beautiful. Or I might say, I really like X, Y, and Z about myself. And as a result, I'm practicing the habit of stopping the old negative thoughts and encouraging the new positive thoughts. I love that. My grandmother was a very wise woman, and she told me one time, I'll never forget this, we were sitting, I think, on a park bench, just kind of watching people walk by. And, and I was looking at this one particular lady who just had the most downturned, unhappy, miserable face. And I was young. I was maybe eight or nine years old, but I noticed how terrible this woman was presenting herself. And my grandmother saw me looking at her and she said, honey, if you're going to be unhappy your entire life, it will show up in your face at some point and you cannot mm. get away from it. I took That's that heart. <laughs> I thought so too. And now mm. I look at people, just like you mentioned, I look at people and I can tell if they're having a bad day or if they're having a really rotten life. Mm. You know, you can tell. Yes, you can tell. <laughs> Definitely. So, Vash, you talk a lot about um, meditation and affirmations. Mm -hmm. let's, let's talk about that because that's important. I can't meditate. I've tried. <laughs> I keep <laughs> trying. I'm one of those people. I've got a squirrel brain, and it doesn't mm -hmm. slow down. So if I'm meditating or pretending to, I either start mm -hmm. building my Thanksgiving you know, dinner recipe again, <laughs> even though it's March or April, and I've done it the same way for years, or I fall over and fall asleep and drool. I can't meditate. So help. <laughs> yes, yes, that's, that's, that's a very, very common thing. I, 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 I hear people who say, Vash, I just can't meditate. The moment I sit down, my mind starts going crazy. And I always tell people, first of all, it's not that you sit down, close your eyes, and the mind started going crazy. It's that the mind is always going crazy. You just 
kind of finally became aware of it. So that was the right. First You're not step. busy with something yeah. else, so you can pay attention to your squirrel brain. Exactly, exactly. So just people realize, oh, actually, the mind is going like that all day. I'm just not aware of it. And second, people think that meditation is to sit down, let's say, for 15 minutes with no thoughts. And even me, who meditated thousands of hours now, I meditate every day for hours, sometimes even two, uh, because I go all in, but I recommend my student 10, 15 minutes. But even me, I am having thoughts. So meditation is not about having no thoughts. It's about catching yourself cooking the dinner or cooking or thinking about your recipe and realizing actually let me come back to my breath as an example or oh. let me come back to something and as a result it's not about sitting in silence it's about even hundred times getting distracted and bearing it back getting distracted and bring it back and what will happen Denise that all of a sudden the expectations are not too high and even if you get distracted 55 times, you know that it's just a practice. And after week two, three, the distractions won't be 50, it will be only 20. And it almost like a muscle, like going to gym, the muscle of being focused gets better. And that will not only help you to relax more in meditation, but also you will notice throughout the day that you can be more focused, let's say on your business when you are having conversation with your family members, you're more present with them rather than thinking about the to-do list that is waiting at you. So it's almost like a skill that then you can use throughout the day in many activities. That's, I really do need to try that. About the closest hmm. I've ever gotten is when I'm walking my dog. I live in a very hmm. quiet neighborhood, thank goodness. I'm an introvert, so I walk my dog very early in the morning or very late in the evening when other people aren't walking their dogs because I really don't want to talk to dogs and people. I just really don't. <laughs> They're my neighbors, but you know, as long as we can just say, hey, how are you doing, and keep on going, I'm good with that. <laughs> but I will find myself, the longer I walk with her, the more I, I fall into kind of a meditative trance. I've actually mm. bypassed my own house doing that. I'll look around wow, and say, where, where am I? What happened? <laughs> that's, that's amazing. That's a great point, Denise, because a lot of people think meditation is you closing down or you sitting down and closing your eyes. But it can be, as you said, walking a dog. A lot of parents have it, especially with small babies, that when they play with the babies, they're so present that there are no other thoughts oh. than just the thoughts about the moment. It could be journaling, walk in a park, it could be swimming in the ocean. It could be playing a sport. So it's almost like people get caught up in this idea of monks, right? Meditating on a stone, but it doesn't need to be that way. It could be you go groceries, but instead of thinking about the email you need to reply once you come home from the groceries, you just kind of, let's say, focus on one step at a time. You're focusing on your breath or you're just, immersed in the nature that is around you so that could be meditation as well but there are so many benefits of meditation because yes it will still the mind you will become more aware more focused more present and that will benefit all of us in this crazy rapid world that is spinning at thousand miles per per minute like emails news 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 new gadgets new things don't take time to stop that's why people might get stressed out burned out depressed overwhelmed all of these things absolutely what am I, you're going to laugh but one of my favorite things to do because i really now that i i'm listening to you i'm thinking i have a better grasp on what meditating can be um but one of the things that i do is i open my refrigerator door and i stick my head in there you know how we all <laughs> go ahead, laugh at me. You know how we all get to the refrigerator. We have no idea how we got there. It's like driving that last five miles home. Yeah. You just do it by autopilot. You know, yeah. I will deliberately leave my office, go into the kitchen, open up, got mm -hmm. double doors, open that thing, and stick as much of my body as I can in there, and I go blank. 
I really do. Mm-hmm. I'm not in there for anything, maybe a, a, a bottle of water, but I'm not hungry. I'm not looking for food. I'm just clearing my brain out. It works. Mm-hmm. I call it my open refrigerator door meditation. And I do it multiple times a day. I've never heard that. (laughs) We all go blank. Like, why are you in the refrigerator? I don't know. (laughs) We all do it. That's so true. That's, again, nice example, as you said, like of autopilot, you know, how many times you're driving, you're in your head answering an email, and you realize who was driving the past 10 minutes because I was answering the email in my head. And you realize that, in a way, the body or we can call it subconscious mind just took over because you've done it so many times. But remember the first day you were driving, you were like, oh, my goodness, I have to do shifting gears. I need to watch the roads. I need to do this. And your brain is almost fried that people tell you, hey, put your seat on and you can't even like you don't listen to them because there's so many things you need to do. And then few months later of repet- with repetition, you can just drive, have a call, you can eat, <laughs> you can think about stuff because the body now can do it better than the mind. You go basically right. on autopilot. Right. When I'm driving, I make it a rule not to have any noise in my car. I don't turn on the radio. My phone is no. off. I'm paying attention to the drivers around me. I trust me. I don't trust them much. So I am really watching what everybody else is doing. So it, it keeps me alert. Yeah, that's, that's great practice. And in a way, that could be meditation as well. All you focus on is just the road ahead or the cars around you. So again, to me, Denise, you meditate a lot. You're just not calling it meditation. I do, huh? <laughs> I, I feel so smart right now. Thank you. Because <laughs> I've always just been convinced I can't meditate. I just I just can't. I and mean, I get really touchy about it. But I'm yeah. feeling much better about it. But in a conversation that we had before today, you told me about how 5,000 5, meditations have impacted your life and your business Do you have any case Mm -hmm. studies or any stories that you can share? Yes. Yes. So for me to kind of expand on the meditation is first part of meditation is right. Trying to minimize the faults you are having. And as I said, the practice is about getting distracted, bring it back, getting distracted, bring it back. And then comes a point where almost everything gets silent. You may be mentioned it with when you walk the dog, you almost you walk past your house and you don't even know about it because you're so immersed in the moment. And, and it happened. was raining. It was raining. <laughs> and I still passed my own house. <laughs> Here we go. Because you were in your zone or so immersed in just the moment. And basically that happens in meditation. And what I like to introduce then is visualization. And, and what I start to visualize is usually the life or the goal I'm trying to achieve. And why is it important? Because when you visualize in that state, Denise, your body and brain doesn't know the difference. So if you, anybody, you can try it maybe later on in the evening, if somebody closes his or her eyes and they start visualizing standing on a cliff and looking down and there is a big fall, what will happen is almost their palms start sweating even though they're sitting on their bed, they're sitting in their comfortable room, how come the body is reacting as they were actually on the cliff? Because when you visualize, the body and brain doesn't know the difference. So what's the benefit of it? When I started my journey, I was a student delivering food for Uber Eats. I've never made in my life $10,000 a month I've never even had that sort of money before that in my bank account. So I didn't believe it can happen because I had no evidence that it can happen. So, and when you don't have evidence, you don't believe it. If I say, Hey, Denise, let's go flying today. You will be like, what? That's not possible. You have no evidence. Nobody has done it before. So you don't believe it. And if you don't believe it, you're not going to take any action towards it. So what I started to do, Denise, to get closer to my goal, I started to visualize a few scenes, almost like a movie, that would create evidence that I already achieved a goal. So for me, it was that I woke up, so I would visualize waking up, 
checking my bank balance and seeing there the number. And I would get excited. I would run into the living room. And back then I was living with my parents. And I shouted, Mom, Dad, I did it. And we celebrated together. And I repeated these scenes like a movie over and over again. And what happened after a few weeks of practicing it, that I started to believe that I can do it, that it's possible. Because now the brain had so much evidence that I already earned that sort of money. And as a result, I took more action. I was more convinced that I can achieve that. So that's how I use visualization in the morning to visualize the goal I want to achieve to move there closer, faster, and increase my belief it's possible. So you are absolutely speaking my language. I spend a lot <laughs> of time visualizing because who else is going Amazing. to do it but me? Nobody knows yeah. what I want or what I need or better yet, Vash, what I expect. What I'm asking for and what I expect. You have to, you must expand your ask. Because if you don't yes. ask it of yourself, of your universe, of your God, whatever it is that you're asking for, nobody's going to know. And I'll tell you this, I do it out loud. I talk to mm. myself. I live alone. I can get Very mad nice. with it. And the cats don't, <laughs> you know, they don't talk back. But when I'm asking for something literally I will stop what I'm doing and I tend to go sit on my couch and look up at my ceiling fan because I'm pretty sure that's where my, my closest spirit lives is in my ceiling fan. <laughs> Don't laugh. Hmm. But I'll look up to whoever my spirit guides are or whoever is listening to me. We mm -hmm. all have our different ideas. We are not alone. We're, we're just mm -hmm. not. I don't believe. And, you know, we have to, I have to say out loud Okay, this is what I would like to happen today. And in fact, no, let me rephrase that. This is what I am asking for today. This is what I expect today. And thank you. Mm. And it always shows up in one way or another. Always. That's, that's beautiful. Yes, it's almost this intention of what you want because... Exactly. But of, you have to let it know. Of, you have to let it be known. Yes. Mostly to yourself. Exactly. Yes, because most people are clearly stating what they don't want, right? So they said, hopefully it's not going to rain. Hopefully it's not going to rain today. Or they're focusing on, oh, what if it doesn't work? What if it doesn't work? So they put their intention and attention on the things they are not wanted. And as a result, they usually get those things. Right. Yeah. They're not asking. They're not being very specific in their ask. I'm very specific yeah. about what I want and, you know, how I expect it to happen. And it seriously, it almost always happens. Maybe not that day, maybe the next day, maybe a year down the road, but it is going to come to pass. But I have to be very tight with my ask. Very. Yes. Yes, because some people say, I want more money, and they find $1 on the street, right? So right. they got what they, you know, they got what they asked for, but they weren't very specific. They very likely didn't want just $1, but they were very broad. They just said, I want this, or they said, I want a relationship, and then they have relationship, but maybe they're not happy in that relationship. Again, being specific, as you say, it's specific, being specific has so much power. Knowing exactly what I want, one, when I was looking for my house, I was just asking, okay, Vash, let's write down in bullet points exactly what you want. And I was very specific. I want this house with garden. I want to make sure there is a garage. I want to make sure there is this thing, that there is basically a place for my sauna. And I was very, very specific. And as a result, it came to me because I was intentional about it. But some people might say, I want a new house. But again, they might get a house that is new, but not to their liking or not exactly the way they wanted it. That's exactly right. I did the same thing with my house. I bought my house <laughs> the week after Hurricane Katrina. I live wow. literally between Hurricanes Katrina and Rita, and I had to buy it online because it came up for sale that day. I bought it that day before I even saw it. 
but my realtor knew exactly what I was looking for. She had a bullet list of what I would accept <laughs> and what I wouldn't accept. And she called me. She said, Denise, this is your house. You need to do something today because right after the hurricanes, these houses were being bought quickly because, you know, there were a lot of mm-hmm. people from New Orleans and from Texas who had to relocate immediately. Their houses were gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, I signed everything, got here at 9 o'clock that night after I had signed my life away and found out Mm -hmm. that I really love my house. Thank goodness. So I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Here we go. You're the living proof of it. I love my house. I really do. It's a red house. (laughs) It's so pretty. But you talked, I mean, we're talking about meditations, but... And we've talked a bit, you know, how a, a profound mindset shift can help us grow our business and live a life. But what we haven't talked about, and I really wanted to, is that you recently did a meditation that was just phenomenal to hear about. Can you share? Yes. So uh, maybe you're referring to the seven-day darkness. That I've yes, done. Uh, I am. So, so I have when to I was admit, it kind you, of made my skin go, I don't think I could uh, do that. So. Yes. That was the response from my family, from my friends, when I just told them, yes, I intentionally go to complete darkness. So Europe, especially my country, Czech Republic, is quite known for it. There is a lot of places that are designed that there is no light. So they're basically everything is covered so there is not a single stream of light in a way we can say and I decided to do it because I always tell people that I want to walk the path for my students so if I tell them hey let's meditate for 15 minutes a day I want to meditate at least an hour to kind of go deeper I can go deeper with them as well the same was here I just wanted to discover more about myself out of my devices. I run free businesses, so I'm connected to internet basically 24-7 in a way. And now I was just saying, I will close myself in complete dark room for seven days with no devices. And I was like, okay, let me take it to the next level. And I did it with no food, so only water. And before that, I never fasted more than two days. And I decided to do seven days with no food. So huge challenge. But what will happen, Denise, is I had so many breakthroughs, so many insights, so many downloads, however we want to call them. But I always downloads. tell people that a lot of... Absolutely. Yeah. You know when I yeah. have my downloads in the shower without fail. Mm, yes, true. A lot of people have it in shower, for example. Because when you see any inventor... They rarely came with their invention by by being the whiteboard and calculating some numbers. They usually maybe look over ocean and all of a sudden, ding, they got the idea. They weren't in a shower, Mm -hmm. they got the idea. In the middle of the night, they got the idea. So these are almost these inside intuition downloads, however you want to call them. And because there was no devices, there was no distraction, just me and myself, what started to happen is almost like these insights started to coming to me and these weren't like small ideas like you should reply to this person or you should message this person. These were totally new ideas how I could get my businesses, my life, my happiness, whatever it was to the next level. And I tell people that once you really become silent or spend time with yourself, these downloads have time to come to you because nowadays we wake up, we go on our phone, we have extra 30 minutes, we listen to podcasts, we have five minutes between waiting the year, we will read our emails. So we rarely spend time with ourselves just when it's pen and paper or just silence with ourselves. So people rarely get these downloads. And in the darkness, I had the opportunity to get so many downloads. I also proved myself that I can go seven days with no food. I used to believe I need to eat five times a day. And after oh, that, I realized, <laughs> I realized how, how the body is more resilient than I thought, honestly. And so that was the darkness retreat. It was an incredible, incredible experience. Also, I proved myself that the businesses can work seven days without me, which was a big one. 
because as I said, there was a lot of fear at the beginning, like what if the businesses go under? What if my clients leave me? What if some problem arises? But actually after seven days, I just came and I asked my now right-hand man, Andy, I asked him, hey, Andy, what happened? He said, not much. <laughs> We've got oh. this. So I was like, wow, I can actually nice. allow myself to take time off. <laughs> right. And listen, I've done seven you know, seven days with just water, and I wind up feeling so much better. I just oh, that's do. Cool. I didn't know that. You know, yeah, I mean, I do it not frequently, but, you know, maybe three or four times a year. I'll just decide wow. for no good reason that I'm just going to drink water for the next seven to ten days. I feel fine. I feel better, actually, than I normally do. So, you know, just do what you need to do, I think. But here's the thing. I mean, when you when you did what you did, and I would – I'm not sure I could do that, but I would, <laughs> I would I would be interested in trying. But I do spend a lot of time alone, deliberately. I'm a high, highly committed introvert, so I am happiest in my own brain with my own company. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking about these downloads, I also call them God winks. They'll mm-hmm. just pop up out of nowhere, and you're like, <gasps> and I pay attention to them. Do you do that? You'll get you know a voice, if you will. And I'm not, you know, saying, oh, we, do, you know, we hear voices down there. Of course we do. We have hundreds of voices talking, mostly us talking mm-hmm. at us. But when I understand it's a God wink and it's not just a, you know, kind of a basic download, I stop what I'm doing and I go take immediate action. I've learned to my detriment if I don't, I miss some tremendous opportunities. Yes. I almost, again, I, I always like to simplify things because some of these concepts or ideas could be hard to grasp. So almost how I divided Denise is almost like the mind talking or the heart, heart talking. And almost right. the mind is what is happening majority of the day. That's the voice we spoke about. And usually if these are ideas, it's marginal improvements, right? It's just small improvements or small ideas that you could improve. But almost when the heart speaks, it's it's different it's not the same voice it's almost this intuition just like almost like a feeling but these are usually something big this is usually big ideas that you've never thought about before and i tell people that the mind thinks but the heart knows and and i'm so glad you brought that up when i'm in the shower and by the way I take bathtub crayons in the shower with me because I know that I'm going to get downloads and God winks and mm. mine. And I scribble all over my walls and take a picture of it and then I clean the shower. But what hmm. I have found is basically what you're saying is that if I hear myself say, okay, Denise, we're going to do this, that's ego. I can probably mm-hmm. safely discount that. But if I hear... Now, if I say, I'm going to do this, that's ego. But if I hear we're going to do this, that's God winks. That's downloads. I pay attention to those. Mm, I agree because every time I went against my heart, I, I, I paid it somehow. <laughs> I can give you a few examples just to drive the point home. Is oh, I remember I was, I was on a sales call for my uh, marketing agency and the heart was like, don't take on this client. It's going to be pain. <laughs> don't take this client. They're going to kind of, uh, there, there were a lot of red flags, let's just say. But the ego, the mind was almost like, but maybe it will work. It will be good money or you can get more experience or maybe they will leave you testimonial. I write these like justifications. So I, of course, back then listened to my mind, not my heart. And then what happened, of course, first week or two, I was stressing. It was so demanding. The client was always unhappy about something. They were demanding so much. And after two weeks, I ended up refunding this client. And so, again, that happened to me multiple times when the heart was telling me the truth. But I rather listened ahead, and it always backfired. So that's why now... When I feel the heart telling me something, even though the mind is telling me like you can't do it, that's crazy, or blah blah blah, I just go with my heart because I know the heart knows, but the mind thinks. Exactly, and listen, I've been in your shoes. I mean, back when I first started my business, 
you kind of take whoever swings at you, right? Oh, you need the money. You <laughs> yeah. need to build your portfolio. I had one, and she's a very well-known business coach, and I will never tell you who she is, but I fired her 10 days later, and I refunded mm-hmm. every single penny, even though it had all been spent. It, it was just horrible. Mm-hmm. But And I kind of mm-hmm. knew better than to take her as a client, but – you know, when your bank account's saying you need money, you're going to do what mm-hmm. you need to do. Listen, do you have any – any? Um, I know you work with a lot of people. Do you have any kind of case studies where, where the work that you teach has really impacted any of your clients, obviously without saying their names or what they do? Yes, yes. Uh, as I said, Denise, it's been such a privilege the last two years work with more than 1,000 entrepreneurs from 35 countries that I never even thought at the beginning that such an impact will be possible in such a short period of time. And I work from beginner entrepreneurs who are just starting as I started four years ago or now I'm coaching people who are on the even in Czech Republic on the Forbes magazine on the front page. So big names, big entrepreneurs, and even when people let's say check our website, we have like at least 100 video testimonials how the teachings help people, and it's just amazing how when people start truly mastering what we call mindset, how their life changed in the ways they can't even imagine. And usually what will happen is they start feeling better. They start just focusing more on their passion so they feel more fulfilled. As a byproduct, they usually make even more money. Their relationships get better and even their health gets better. And I always give the example that I'm not a big fan of entrepreneur, like being just entrepreneur because entrepreneur to me, focuses usually on growing the business, on mastering the area of business. And usually some, I know many entrepreneurs who come to me who have terrible health, terrible relationships, or they're just unhappy, stressed out. And to me, that's why we created the term entrepreneur, which is basically mindset and entrepreneur together. And to I us, love my- that. I'm so jealous. I really wish I had thought of that, but I can't teach what you do, so you can have it. I gift, I gift it thank back you, to you. Thank you. <laughs> and and basically, to us, my entrepreneur is somebody who not only master their finances, that they are abundant in this area, but also they have great relationships. They feel fulfilled, happy. They are incredible shape, physical, whatever it means to them, and basically they master all areas of their life. And I can give you an example of this. Um, funnily enough, he also has marketing agency, big one, hundreds of clients. And he came to me totally stressed out. Uh, he has, because he had everything on paper, everything he had or ever dream of. But he was always trying to control people, always stressed out. What if it fails? What if there will be any problem? And as a result, his relationship suffered. As a result, he came home stressed out. He was angry uh, with with his partner because he was stressed out. He didn't find time to exercise. And basically, on on paper, he looked super successful. But when people spoke with him, they wouldn't consider him a successful person. And oh. we introduced the, the principles we are teaching. And what happened is... In the next, I believe it was two, three months, he totally shifted. Like, you should have seen the change. He's like, he was radiating with energy. His business, his business, I believe, doubled in such a short period of time. His wife was thanking me <laughs> what I did with <laughs> it because all of a sudden he was coming home earlier. He was just better person to hang out with. He was getting healthier so so the transformations are incredible and there are so many success stories and I'm just honored that I can be the person who is kind of helping these people out. I love that story. And you for being your age, you're 25 years old, you have done, in mm-hmm. my opinion, remarkable work. But you've dug, and I'm just going to kind of ask a question, you've dug deep down into your soul to make this happen, haven't you? Yeah, honestly, first of all, thank you for kind words, Denise. And I truly believe that I almost went very, very deep with myself 
so then I could allow others to also walk the path with them. Almost I walk the path and I left food for others. And I just believe that I and when I started so many fierce insecurities that people struggle with and I was able to overcome them. And as a result, I feel that I can now teach people how to do it themselves as well. Did Was this what you set out to do or did it just, once you started going deep within yourself and listening to your mind and listening to your subconscious, so to speak, did it kind of fall into place or did you really, did you have this in mind to begin with? How did oh, it this was totally. Again, I, I don't believe in coincidences, Denise, but I don't was, either. What, what, what people would quote-unquote call coincidence. So so basically what happened is my my first business, the agency, was getting really well. I was getting it to high numbers really quick, and people started reaching out to me like, like could I coach them? Could I show them how I've done it? And I was like very open to it again, what life was putting in front of me. And I noticed that I was rarely teaching these people tactics. That's rarely what they needed. They didn't need, let's say, better CRM. They rarely needed better outreach script or strategy to attract more customers. And again, the business is the business owner. So when the business owner is weak or has a weak mindset, the business is weak. And so I was focusing like 90% on the mindset part, helping them with the fears, procrastination, setting a vision, meditation, all of these things. And what happened as a result, their businesses grew. They achieved their goals. And then what happened, my original coach, John, that I mentioned at the very beginning of the story, we went traveling for six months because it was COVID and in Europe, everything was closed. And we were almost like, man, we want to experience more. We want to just experience more from life. So we bought one-way ticket to South America. We started, uh, we did Colombia, Mexico, Costa Rica, Peru, these countries in six months. So we were traveling together and we are sitting on a beach. And John asked me this. He said, Vash, I had the idea of starting coaching people on a higher level because he was coaching only one-on-one. -on -one. Like he wanted to impact more people. And I want to call it my entrepreneur. Do you want to do it together? And it came from nowhere, Denise. I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't planning that. And almost life just put it in front of me. And again, I've learned when opportunity like that comes to me, I just say yes. So I said yes. God winks. Remember? And that God was winks. the beginning. God winks, exactly. And that was the beginning of the journey. And I'm just on it since then. Wow. Yours is an amazing story. And I have been taking notes and nodding my head a lot because I agree with everything you're saying. I really do. And I understand it. And I hope our audience does as well. And they'll reach out for you. Before we're out of time, I mean, this is, I told you this was going to go fast. I wish I could keep you on longer, but I know I can't. So before I let you go, Vash, do you have anything you want to share with the audience before we end the call? Yeah, first of all, this was total flow state. I just look at the clock and I was like, that was close to an hour. That's that's your incredible host, Denise. And Thank you. Basically, what I would just encourage people to do is just pay us on today's conversation to apply at least one thing they took away because information is great, but when it's not applied, it's almost worthless. You can have nice dinner conversation, but application is the name of the game. So I just encourage people to apply one thing. And if they have any questions, the best place to reach me would be on Instagram at Vash, that's V-A-S-H underscore Tomanek, T O M. Uh, a N E C. In the same way, I'm also on YouTube. So there I put a lot of videos. I have video on meditation as well. So if people want to ask me a question, then Instagram, or if they want to learn more about me, YouTube or our website, mantrepreneur.com would be the best places. Gotcha. I just wrote down what you said. Application is the name of the game. That might <laughs> be the most important thing you said during the hour. <laughs> I, it's, I mean, everything you've said is very important, but that just kind of grabbed me. Yes. So I'm going to write that down again on my whiteboard <laughs> and keep looking at it and seeing what are you not applying? <laughs> What's going on? Yeah. Vash, so thank true. you so much for joining us. And it's been 
really my pleasure speaking with you. And I thank you for all of the terrific tips and the great stories that Mm. you've shared with our audience. And before we say goodbye, I would like to remind our audience to be sure to look for us in iTunes and Audible and Stitcher, anywhere you consume your business podcasts. The truth is you cannot throw a stick on the Internet without hitting your partner in Success Radio. So find Mm -hmm. us and take us along on your success journey and go look for Vosh and connect with him. Trust me, connect with him. Vosh, Mm -hmm. thank you again. Thank you so much, Denise. It's been an absolute pleasure, and I'm wishing you all the best. Thank you. Same to you. Okay. Get your voice heard. If you would like to launch your own far-reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at yourofficeontheweb.com and go to the podcast tab.